You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It's the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, LOH, and Nada's on Twitter at Nada the Scribe, and he's back in studio today. Yes, yes, yes. We have dubbed this Fire Friday, correct? <laughs> he's, he's been out for a while. Yes, we have dubbed this Fire Friday because Nada actually has a life of the big boy job at writing for Dime. We've decided to save all of his hot, steamy, spicy takes for one day of the week, and we're indeed calling it Fire Fridays. Yes, yes, yes. You guys only get so much <laughs> of me. I'm sorry. So it, I, There's too much. There's, there's not enough of me to go around. So therefore, I got to keep it to one day now. We described it as a tea kettle just building so much pressure, getting so hot that there is there comes a point where the steam actually pops off the top of the dome, and that is what Nada is going to provide us provide us every single Friday. And so, also check out Nada's piece on Cherokee Parks, by the way, getting back into basketball after falling out of love with it for quite a while. Very cool feature that you can check out by looking at Nada's Twitter page. And so, we'll mention that. We'll try to get some stuff on Patreon, correct? As yes. Well. No, Patreon is going to happen today. I just got to voice it. You're going to get. Two of them now because I felt bad about not having it up last night like I was supposed to. So you're going to get the Bismack feature, um, basically interview that I did with Bismack that I was supposed to put on Dime, but that a lot of stuff happened with that. But we can all again, Patreon folks can enjoy that one and the Cherokee Park stuff. Too. All right, we get a double bonus. I yeah, like that. Uh, before we get started with Fire Fridays, though, I want to start off by completely going against everything that Fire Fridays is going to be about. Wait, 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 wait what? We didn't go over this, and we're going to force Nada. Into something he doesn't want to do. As you know, Frank Kaminsky has been fantastic the past three games. Nada, your boy. And one of us on this podcast just so happens to have a bigger beef with Frank than the rest of us. And I think that one person may owe Frank an apology the last three games. He has been fantastic. Nada, the floor is yours. I think if you want to be a part of Fire Fridays, then you need to apologize to Frank right now. Uh, uh, do I really have yes, to? Yes, three games. You know what? Three games, even after two, three and a half seasons of bad basketball from Frank, I think three games is enough for me to completely change my opinion 180 degrees. Uh, you know what? Fine. Then you know what? Where's the flip-flop for that first? First things first. Where's the flip-flop we'll get to flip. that in a minute you let's, this is deal, about with, you, let's deal with the issue at hand you owe frank kaminsky an apology for all of the hell you gave him earlier this season so so you know what fine fine you guys are gonna you know, twist my arm and we can't enjoy this until we, we can't enjoy the rest this is my brother. nobody gets their fire friday until you apologize okay so you know what i'm sorry for calling frank kaminsky dumpster juice <laughs> i, I am also I don't even remember that i don't one. remember that either <laughs> i am also sorry for calling him a bum okay. i'm also sorry for calling him just an outright bust i'm sorry that i even mentioned him i am sorry that you know what i'm glad he's going to be gone at the end of the season are we done can i can i stop now i guess so yeah i didn't know that you had said all of this stuff but i know that you had said some things on twitter and i will stop you there because i'm afraid that we might be going somewhere where you're i was gonna, gonna call him a sorry mother no uh, yeah okay that's the don't get fired moment yep that's it that's the one that's it the don't sound get fired. Very sorry it did sound sorry to me doug that didn't sound i was hoping for something somewhat genuine but it didn't sound very sorry to me um and, so i just got a fire friday sound effect I, I probably should have done that before the show but i famously don't prepare for any of these shows that's right so, we have other people do our work for us all right but here's the thing 
I have not pre-listened to this. Okay. So I have no idea. Again, like a good producer would do. Right. Well, we're kind of in the zone now. I can't stop and pre-listen to it. Uh, I think we just got to fire this off and hope it works. All right. So someone uh, say Fire Friday. Fire Friday! (laughs) That's not bad. No, that's fine. We got to come in and uh, take the fire out. All right. So let's get started a little bit with something we forgot about yesterday. I wanted to mention this after the Miami Heat game. Uh, something we didn't talk about yesterday, that was Marvin Williams' exchange with a reporter. That was after the Miami Heat game, getting mm-hmm. questioned, got a little bit tired of the same question, apparently, that he had been getting quite uh, frequently. From ti- the same guy, apparently. Yes, from the same guy, time and time again. And we have that exchange for you. Here's Marvin again with that exchange with the reporter. What type of hole has this team put itself in by losing nine of the last 13 games? Well, you always ask me questions about us and like the position that we're in. <laughs> You know that? I'm not going to give you a different answer ever. I still think we'll make the playoffs. I'll be, I'm trying to, excuse me one second, I try to be very respectful to all you guys, but you always ask me questions like that if I'm going to say something different. I'm never going to talk bad about any of my teammates. I'm never going to badmouth my coaches. I still think we can make the playoffs. And honestly, like, please, can we just, like, next time have just better questions, more positive questions? Please. Thank you, sir. That's as aggressive as a Marvin Williams rant is going to get. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. At the end of that, can you ask Then a couple of things? One, if this guy continues to ask the negative questions constantly, I could see how that gets old. And, you know, being in the postgame press conferences, it would not I would not put it past him that this would be somebody that asks negative questions frequently. You know it gets old, watching the Hornets lose these basketball games in an excruciating way late in the fourth quarter. You're absolutely right. And I think what you're seeing now is all of this come to a boiling point where Marvin Williams, Marvin Williams, the guy who wins the media award, that everybody loves the character of this particular player. Everybody loves this guy. He's constantly answering questions after the games. Even he had had enough of this. And the one thing, you can't, if you're Marvin Williams, you can't say at the end of that, uh, why can't you ask me about positive things well we're at the low point of the season here you know we've gone from losing a ton of basketball games to not only every single game being so important but now the opponent was important especially that night you lost to the Miami Heat a team that you're battling with and you lost another time so now you're in the 10th seed you're only a game back of playoff contention right now of getting in that eight spot but it was the low point of the year and so I have no problem with that question on its by itself I don't know enough about what he's been asked a million times in the exchange between the two personally, but it goes to show you the frustration is at an all-time high when Marvin Williams is the guy that carries out a rant like that. You know, the the big thing, though, for, for me, the thing that I got from that, that was like the most polite middle finger to a reporter I think I've ever seen. But it brings up another big thing that I've seen on Hornets Twitter a little bit, and it's been... These the Charlotte media is soft. We coddle this team. We do a whole bunch of things. We don't ask the quote unquote hard questions because everybody wants to play ball. No, it's called being a professional. And while that guy completely and I think that guy's continually asked the same question over the last 11 games and granted, they've lost 11, eight of those. So I get why if this is a low point, I get the questioning. At the same point, there's a better way to phrase it. He's probably not phrasing it right. And I get Marvin's frustration going that far. I think Marvin's probably frustrated because he is someone in the locker room that reporters go to 
for insight. And he has been more than willing to share that insight. And he, and he goes deep on things. And so uh, reporters tend to kind of flock to that. And there are some other guys, eh, even team leaders on the court. <laughs> oh, no, they bounce early. Well, that you you just can't depend on for a decent quote, and so you know I think he's had to answer these questions over and over again. So that's where the frustration comes from. But at the same time, I mean, we've had to watch these games over and over <laughs> again, and we're getting the same result, and we're getting poor performances and inconsistent performances, and I think that's frustrating to all Hornets fans. It's a classic case of both sides getting frustrated. It's and and I'm not even saying the reporter is frustrated because he's just doing his job to a certain extent. But I, I don't know what else you're going to be asking after that specific game. That is the low point of the year, losing to the Miami Heat when you are trying to get to the playoffs. Yes, you had some bad losses to the Bulls at the beginning, but none of them took you out of playoff contention the way that you felt after watching that Miami Heat loss. I, <sighs> Not losing to the Cavs at the beginning of the season didn't take you out of playoff contention. Losing to the Bulls. Oh, it'll help. It, it helps. It'll help. It helps, but you can still make up that ground. Losing to the Miami Heat gave you a feel, feeling unlike those games against the Bulls and the Cavs did. And so now when you're asking these questions at the end of this, right, if you keep on asking it fine, I don't know about the frequency in which this particular guy asked Marvin Williams that particular question, but I can see how Marvin would be frustrated after the game. He's the guy that's constantly providing you content because nobody else is and this is also just frustration because you knew how big that game was yourself coming into a loss we expect these guys to just be robots and give us the answer that we want to hear and I can understand his frustration I can also understand I don't know what else you want to ask if you're this particular guy saying anything else positive about the situation but here's the thing athletes mentality and granted I am not purporting myself to be any sort of professional athlete what it's got to be we're making the playoffs and there is no plan b to this that's a lot of their the way they've looked at life for the last maybe 25 30 years for marvin a little bit longer the other thing though is that no matter what happened with this loss hornets have a better have the tiebreaker over them they still have the tiebreaker over orlando they still can control a lot of this now it's just on them to do it now, I can understand why everybody's been doom and gloom, but as long as they still have those tiebreakers, they're going to be okay. They're still going to be contenders, per se. It, God, it, this, this Charlotte media is so soft. Oh, my God. This is a fire Friday. You better bring it. <laughs> Are you in your car a lot, driving to work, driving the kids around if you have a smart device in your car? And more and more of you do now. Tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time LOH time. On Fridays, you can make drive time Fire Friday time. And we'll be back with it more after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the over. gazelle limping <laughs> through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. I'm in, I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas. Or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Got the Wizards game tonight, so 
it should be a team that you would expect to beat, but the Wizards actually have not been playing all that bad here as of late. The Wizards have won three of their last four games. Defensively, they're still atrocious. They're still the fifth worst team in the league as far as their defensive rating and allowing the most points. But you look at the Brooklyn Nets game that they played on the road. They beat the Nets 125-116, to 116, go on the road to Boston and lose there. But they beat the Minnesota Timberwolves by 14 points, and they beat the Mavericks by 9 points, scoring 130 in both of those games, allowing 120 in both of those games, but they score 130. So I think you understand what type of game this should be. This should be a very high-scoring game. This should be a game where the Hornets win. This is a better team overall, but you've seen the Hornets play down to their competition. And by the way, the Wizards, only two games back of the Charlotte Hornets, you'd think that the Hornets would be able to get them and set their, get themselves you, a bigger league. You would league. think so. But you that would wasn't the so. case. You would think so. <laughs> this is a game they better not lose. Like, this is a Hornets game that, like, I know that I've used must win earlier in the season. This <laughs> is like the fourth game of the year. Yeah, at, This is absolutely must win territory right now. Friday! It's fiery in here, but you're not wrong. I think I think the Heat game was a must win I think this game is certainly a must win and it all goes to the strength of the schedule now you look at Golden State up again you have Houston you have the Milwaukee Bucks it, mm-hmm. there's a reason Tankathon came out and said that the Charlotte Hornets had a top three top two tough toughest strength of schedule in all of the NBA and teams like the Pistons had one of the easiest ones the Orlando Magic had one of the easier ones you know the Nets are up there with you with the Hornets as far as having a tough schedule but that's it that's the only team that you're battling with that has that kind of strength of schedule the Wizards are one of the easier teams that you have left you have to take care of business I don't think there's any doubt about it both these teams really similar in in terms of the goals that they had coming into this season some of the the makeup of this team and uh, you know the Wizards have gone through some you know unfortunate injury situations with both John Wall and Dwight Howard, neither of which will play tonight. So it's it's a little different in that respect, um, but also different. Washington was able to make a move at the trade deadline to shake some things up, sending away Otto Porter, bringing in Bobby Portis, and and they've reaped some benefits post trade deadline where the Hornets. They're not only stuck in mediocrity, they're stuck with the same players. Yeah, and I just don't know what the Wizards were thinking necessarily, though. And I, I just don't know what they want to do. I don't know if they know what they want to do. It's Washington. They never know what they want to do. They trade Otto Porter, and I think if you were to compare player to player, I think Otto Porter was their Nick Batum, somebody that got crazy, overpaid, and a contract that they wanted off the books. Mm-hmm. So they get rid of Otto Porter, and it's probably it's it's a more tradable, I think, contract than Nick Batum's is. Yes. But Otto Porter gets sent out. And you think after John Wall goes out for the year, you know, I think he played 30 games with the team this season. After he goes out, you think they're just going to hold a complete fire sale, allowing Otto Porter to go to Chicago, bringing in Bobby Portis, Jabari Parker, allowing, um, you know, they they get rid of Markeith Morris. Yes. They, they don't even trade him. He's just gone. They just drop him. And so it was weird to me that they would trade their young player in Kelly Oubre and trade him for Trevor Ariza, a veteran guy who is certainly there to help you win. And I just Walker. didn't get that. I didn't get anything that the Wizards were doing. But you're right. They did make moves, even though they had some similar expectations. This is a team that gave Dwight Howard a player option in 2019 on a contract. Yeah, that's not great. But they th- these are two teams that are holding out hope for something that may or may not happen. In the Hornets' case, they were holding out hope that someone would step up and become a legitimate sep- second option for this team and give Kimball Walker a break every once in a while. For the Wizards, 
they were hoping that John Wall and Bradley Beal could, you know, hug and, and play kumbaya and figure out a way to lead this team to a, a first round playoff victory. Neither of those things are happening. And you could argue, yeah, the Wizards are making bad mistakes, whereas Mitch Kupchak is exercising a little restraint and and not panic moving. Not getting not getting rid of the first round pick in order to have a potential rental in Marcus All, only one and a half year, certainly on the current contract that he would have played under. And the one thing is we we can comparing these teams right now, you know, they might have a situation with a contract at their point guard position that might make you want to lay off giving your point guard a big boy contract. Because yeah. that John Wall contract it, I mean, how is it the worst in the league? Is it go ahead right behind it. Andrew no, Wiggins? Don't, don't ask the question. Go ahead and say it. Do we have the hot take machine? Yeah. Do we need to run it through the hot take machine? Because it is it, Fire it, Friday. I, John Wall having all that much money tied to him and being out for at least another year after this year is complete. Uh-huh. It's the worst contract in the association. Andrew Wiggins would rather have it. Nick Batum would rather have it. Timothy Mozgov makes that John Wall contract look like Kimba Walker's steal of a deal. John Wall has the worst contract in the entire NBA. And while we back off, I, I went a little too steamy right there for Fire Fridays. I, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. You <laughs> uncultured savage. This is my Fire Friday. And then what do you go and do? You decide, oh, I'm just going to take not as Friday, and I'm going to d- dish out the hot takes. <laughs> I apologize. I now have you my should, tail between my legs. You should feel sorry. In all seriousness, John Wall's contract is up there, though. Andrew Wiggins is worse. I'm not taking the Andrew Wiggins contract. But John Wall, it's it's one where you can look at that this is a team that paid their very injury-ridden, a guy that I don't think you can say Kimba's injury-ridden. He's had a couple, but he's yes. not been injury-ridden like John Wall has. John Wall has a bad contract, and that's something that they're going to have to live with for quite a while. Chris Paul with the Houston Rockets, you know, you might be in a similar situation, even though he is playing well right now. Yes. You know, it, that's a long contract. That Gordon he's, Hayward's contract is up there, too. You know, and, and again, Gordon Hayward's playing well, but you get the picture. Is this something that the Charlotte Hornets want to mirror? What the Wizards did, what the Rockets did with their point guards, paying an aging guy like Kimba, who will be 30, a five-year max deal. And that's the question. That's why I think we've all been talking about this for the last couple of seasons. We'll probably have to talk about this after the break, but I'm looking at this potential starting lineup for the Washington Wizards. So they're going to start uh, uh, Sadoransky, Bradley Beal, and then the forwards will be Ariza, Jeff Green, and then at center, Bobby Portis. That's somewhat of a small lineup. And we've we've seen uh, Rick Bennell reporting that um, Coach Borrego might not be done with the lineup right. changes. So <laughs> it could be interesting to sort of speculate what he might do. He's going to put Jay Hernandez out there. It's the only thing else you can do, right? I don't know what what other lineup changes. JJ, can. Let's <laughs> start Bacon. Let, he might. Yeah, let's Devontae Graham, Dwayne Bacon, both guys might be out there. We'll talk a little bit more about a potential lineup change and have some fun with what we think could actually happen. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. Jeffrey Gittimer is the king of sales, a best-selling author, helping salespeople all over the world make more money. And on Monday, he's hosting a free webinar, Six and a Half Strategies, Winning Sales Strategies. If you're interested, it's free, and there is a link in the show notes. So again, you can check out that webinar that's going to happen on Monday. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with more about the lineup change that could potentially come once again under James Borrego. It's Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
This is Locked on Hornets. Nature's first green is gold. Her hardest hue to hold. Her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Hmm. Then leaf subsides to leaf. So Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day. Nothing gold can stay. We need the boys to mend with that now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Doug and I had an interesting conversation last night. Wait, wait, wait. What conversation? And why are you guys leaving me out of these now? Well, I I have no clue. You have to ask somebody. We have a group chat for this. We have a group text chat, and I'm getting left out now? I, I would have been interested to see what would have gone down in the group chat, but I feel like there was possibly maybe a little bit of alcohol involved. Possibly. Wait, Doug, maybe was there alcohol bit. involved? But, oh. Doug. I wanted you to save it for the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I couldn't have you wasting all of your hot takes on a group chat. I needed you to spit them into the microphone. That's a producer's job. Uh, that that is true. Yes. Wait, wait, Mister. I came up with the fire soundtrack, a fire <laughs> yeah. soundbite, right before the show or during the show. Doug tweet. Doug basically all he did was text me just a bunch of LeBron James takes, just a ton of them, and it's about LeBron James. He he sends me a video of LeBron crying into the towel after he passes MJ on the all-time scoring list. Of course. And this is Doug's text to me. This is great hustle, though. I knew I left my charger somewhere. I apologize. This was actually the video of LeBron James finding a phone charger on the court. I don't know if anybody has seen it. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, so he finds it, and he looks to the ref, and it immediately cuts out. But that's Doug's first response. This is great hustle, though. I knew I left my charger somewhere. LeBron could have celebrated breaking MJ's record in front of a crowd who worshipped him. Instead, he fake cried in front of a crowd who needed some extra phone juice in the front row for that selfie. Who brings a phone charger? To a game, and how does that phone charger end up on the ground? He said LeBron will be remembered for making two of the worst superstar decisions in basketball history. He said, I'm pointing my proverbial sausage fingers, which is a Daniel Levitard uh, reference there. Daniel Levitard. That's right. We call wait, him wait, by wait, his wait, full wait, name. Wait, here. wait, wait. Hold, hold on. The two worst like superstar decisions? I didn't, have, we, have, have we not forgotten Shaq's movie career? There's more. Kazam? <laughs> Steel? There's more. Doug also texted me. MJ crying onto a trophy, and then this? LeBron crying into the towel, breaking MJ's all-time scoring record? Get out of here. Get out of here. Notice, no teammates. Rondo is three rows up, clipping his toenails. That's all from Doug last night. Just all in a row. Bam, bam, bam. All the LeBron takes. Three empty bench seats as as LeBron cries into this towel. I want to know what's going through his head. Is he really crying about passing Michael Jordan, or is he really just reflecting? Like the ESPN tweet is, it's all sinking in for LeBron. Yeah, you bet it is. He's looking at this roster, and it's sinking in that he's not only not going to the finals for the first time in almost a decade, but he's not going to the playoffs. And you know what? You know how he's going to soak up his tears? By being on a California beach, like I should be. A lot of different rotations. (laughs) All right. All right. It's fiery. It's Fire Friday. What did you expect? Um, Different lineup changes. Borrego, again, he's going to meddle with the lineup. We've seen a ton of different lineups throughout James Borrego's first year as the Charlotte Hornets head coach. I think the only thing that you could really do, I don't know the different permutations that you could put out there that we haven't seen, but it's Devontae Graham and Dwayne Bacon. 
would be the only two that are new players that I think you could really have a bunch of different combinations that we haven't seen before. I mean, we could start we could start Miles at center and then Martin <laughs> well, at four yeah. and then Lamb at three and then go Batum two at two. Well, or and this, the problems right small. the problems right now have been. It seems like it flip-flops every week, but the problems right now have been in that starting lineup. So uh, a starting lineup change would not be a crazy bad idea. So and what's going to happen is he's going to he's going to flip this and then we're going to have new problems and he's going to f- try to fix those problems. It's it's chasing your tail. Yeah, he's well. Yeah, he's plugging. The, he's plugging a hole in the dam, and then another three holes open up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. this and, and this is this is why I just have zero confidence that the Hornets uh, not only can't win a playoff game, they can't make the playoffs because there there are just too many holes at this point that signal a systemic problem, not something that he's going to be able to look at the film and solve. Folks, the the Hornets are a mattress. They are a horrible mattress that's not very comfortable, but you have to sleep on it anyway. It's missing a spring or two, and you got to flip it. Every now and again, just to get maybe four or five five hours of sleep. That's what they are right now. So we can flip this mattress as much as we like. Try and get as comfortable as we'd like to, but we know our back is going to be sore in the morning. Speaking of mattresses, my dog recently threw up on our bed, and the 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 <laughs> vo- I'm trying not to be too gross here. I know well, people this are, is the, this listening. is not the first time you've referenced your dog throwing up on the show. In fact, I don't even think it's only the second time. God, you have a steel trap, Pod Dad. <laughs> yeah. You just you're an archive of my ridiculousness. Beep, boop, okay. Boop, 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 beep. <laughs> Anyway, so my dog vomited on the bed, right? And yes. so obviously we washed the comforter, we washed the sheets, but then we get down to the mattress pad that that's on top that covers the oh, mattress. Oh, that's so key for, for dog vomit and anything like that. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, producer Katie said, did you get the mattress pad and put in put it into the wash? And I said... No, of course I didn't. That's what it's it's there to catch. Like it's not on the mattress. We put three sheets and a comforter on top of it. Why would you need to go to the trouble of taking off? It was just a little bit. What is the big deal? Uh, you you got to watch that. No, hold, a, on, hold on, hold on, hold no, on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's does your foul. does your skin ever touch it? Oh, that no, doesn't matter. But, what? but you need to <laughs> but you're still matter? sleeping on I, something with vomit on it. Just a I mean, little you, bit. I know you clean that's, up the bulk. I'm guessing that's still, you still got to do something there. No, you got to wash that thing. That thing's got to go through some Clorox. Some I do. Tide, I please. do. I do have a mattress pad. I do wash the mattress pad anytime there has ever been any type of pet stain on it. That's what it's there for. <laughs> but it doesn't mean no. you don't wash. It. Can it? There's going to be a point. Now, is there a point that you would wash it? I mean, if there was more than just a little, or are you just going to come in with that same reasoning? I feel again. Your body never touches it. It's there to catch all. It's have there to, be- to keep dirt from reaching the actual <laughs> mattress. Again, that doesn't even matter because your skin never touches the mattress. It's really just for resale purposes. At some point, there's going to be a smell, though. Yeah. And at that point is when you need to throw it in the washing yeah. machine. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that was worth a test to see if it actually did smell. Uh, no, 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 so you're, no. You're, you're no, gonna hold no. tight. You're not washing it. You're gonna hold tight. Oh, well, no, I absolutely washed it because producer Katie right. asked me. Well, to. that's yeah, true. Yes, exactly. But oh, you I think know. I'm a crazy person? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, I do. I Not have one crazy. question. Yeah, tr- very true. One one question, though. Isn't Hugo vomiting on the bed basically the microcosm 
of the Hornet season. <laughs> right, his go name, on. His name is Hugo. <laughs> it is perfect. It is a perfect metaphor for what exactly has gone on with the Charlotte Hornets this season. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Hornets here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. I still can't believe you didn't watch it. Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts, just search Lockdown Hornets. Frank's going to start. That's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs>